But Steve, I hear you say, there is too much stuff. How do I decide what's important? It's all important in some way. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35. I hope you're well. So last time, we looked at having less on our plate by saying no to stuff. This episode is the second in a series of four that are loosely based around time management. Over the next three episodes, I'm going to share with you the key parts of my trusted method of managing my time and activities. And you can use this process to manage your day job, your personal life, anything which might involve having a load of stuff and getting control of that stuff. Right now, we're only a few seconds in, and I'm already feeling like I've not been entirely honest with you. In this episode, I've already used the phrase time management. I might even have used it in the title. I don't know yet. Note to self, decide on a title. Time management is the wrong phrase because you can't manage time. You can't stop time. And your working day is not an eight-hour or 12-hour container to fill with jobs. If we're making the jobs fit the time, then we're doing life the wrong way round. This is about life. It's about being in control and making clear, intentional choices. So, to paraphrase Jim Rohn, you can run the day instead of the day running you. The trick is to stop trying to manage the time and start managing what you pay attention to. Now, these episodes are going to be interactive. That sounds fancy, doesn't it? It's not fancy. By interactive, what I mean is that you'll need to do some stuff. Why should I do all the work? But don't worry, it's good stuff, I promise. The way it works is I'll tell you a thing, and then you pause it, and then you do a thing, and so on. Now, you don't have to do that. You can just listen to it if you want to. It's up to you, really. But if you are going to do the interactive bit, you'll need some paper and a writing implement of your choice. And of course, there'll be stuff to help you in the show notes. So, come on. Let's literally stop wasting time. It's a funny thing time. Coming up, there will be a minute. And this minute has never happened before. And it's never going to happen again. And I've got a recommendation about what you could do with that minute. Now, unless you're driving a car or on a speeding treadmill, only do this if it's safe to do so. But what I'd like you to do is to close your eyes and think. Take that minute that's coming up now and think about everything that you're a part of. Everything at work, at home, in your family, hobbies, networks. Think about your friends. Think about the stuff that you've got going on. What's going on at work at the moment? What's going on at home at the moment? What's going on with your family? What things have you got to do? And what things haven't you done? What's outstanding? What's playing on your mind? There's a lot there, isn't there? I'll bet that you've just thought about something that you need to do 
that you hadn't even considered before this minute started. In fact, if you try to get a handle on everything in one go, it can become pretty overwhelming. I'm getting attention in my chest just thinking about you thinking about it, because there's so much stuff. Okay, open your eyes. I've got good news. I'm really sorry, but if you do in any way feel anxious about the amount of stuff that you have on, then you definitely need to do something about it, and I can help you. You see, I don't think that anxiety comes from the amount of stuff. I think the anxiety comes from a a panic that we haven't done something that we think we should have. And that panic usually comes at two o'clock in the morning when something jumps out of our brain, wakes us up, and then we spend the next hour or two trying to not think about that thing. My view is that you can only ever actually do one thing. You can think about the past, but you can't do the past. It's already done. And you can think about the future. But again, you can't do the future because it hasn't happened yet. You can only do now. So what we need is a system that puts us in a position to be as confident as we can be that at any given moment, we are doing the best one thing that we can be doing at that point in time. Forget all of the other one things. We can't do them as well so they can take a back seat. So I'm going to share the techniques that I use with you. What I've learned from other people much cleverer than me because you're my loyal listener and I want to give something back. Don't tell anyone else. It's just between you and me. Now, these next three episodes are an app-free zone because what you're going to do requires nothing more sophisticated than some paper, a pencil or pen, and a diary or calendar, and nothing else. Now, don't worry. You can use the apps later if you want to. As you know, I do. But I want to explain the ideas in a really simple way first. Once you get them, then you can use an app or Outlook or whatever device you like. But for the next three episodes, no apps. But before we carry on, here's a word from our sponsor. What's the matter? Day running away with you? Not enough hours in the day? Not getting everything done? Then you need Tokaroo. The time management app from Jam Tomorrow Apps Incorporated. Tokaroo helps you get more stuff done by playing you an inspirational time management quote every hour on the hour. Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Simply install Tokaroo on your phone or device and then every hour you'll be inspired to work even harder. Fail to prepare and prepare to fail. Tokaroo will keep you focused, driven and motivated to smash that to-do list every day, every hour, on the hour. Time is money. So don't delay. Install Tokaroo today. Available on Android, Apple, Blackberry and Rhubarb formats. Tokaroo is completely free and then only $14.99 a month after the first month. Tokaroo will require access to all your files and data and will not be able to be uninstalled once downloaded. See www.wwww.com for more details. Tokaroo, 
get that stuff done. Right, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Shall we, shall we just carry on? In this episode, we're going to look at what's important. But Steve, I hear you say, there is too much stuff. How do I decide what's important? It's all important in some way. Here's an example. What's more important to you, food or grammar? Now, they're two completely different things, aren't they? But if you got an invitation to an all-day meeting and food was very important to you, then your decision to say yes or no may be based entirely on whether there's lunch. However, if good grammar is important to you and the invitation said, Dear Steve, you is invited at a meeting where we must report reports of sales and you can come to the morning and you can come to the afternoon. Well, where's this meeting? Birmingham? It's going to be a waste of time, isn't it? So, the same meeting, the same content, but your decision to attend was based entirely on different values. Here's another example. It's Friday afternoon and Steve in the field is at his desk and he gets an email. Oh, what's this? Jane in marketing. Right, let's have a look. Dear Steve, I have to report to the board at 9am on Monday on this week's cabbage sales figures. I know it's short notice, but can you upload your vegetable spreadsheet to the shared portal and filter it all alphabetically by 4pm so I can spend my last hour getting my numbers for Monday morning? I've got an appointment, brackets, date, at 5.30, which I really don't want to miss, so I'd massively appreciate your help. Kiss, kiss, Jane. Oh, thanks, Jane. What is it? It's 25 past three. Oh, I really wanted to spend my last hour clearing my emails, so I'm ready for the meeting on Monday myself. What shall I do? Well, I could pretend I didn't read it. Oh, damn, she's put a read receipt on it. Oh, well. I'll phone Lisa and tell her I'm going to be home late. And there's a lot going on there. In terms of importance, he is juggling the importance of supporting a colleague with the importance of clearing his own outstanding emails. And he's decided that he wants to do both. So sadly, it looks like his measure of importance of making it home for dinner is the one that gives way. Silly Steve in the field. Nothing new there. And we do this all day, every day, if we don't stop and think in advance about how we're going to judge levels of importance. Because when you're crystal clear on what's important, it's a heck of a lot easier to work out whether the thing that you've been presented with, the thing that's in front of you, where that features on that scale of importance. Now, this is common sense, but it's a step that we often miss out. So I'll say it again. You can only work out if something is important if you've already taken the time to decide how you're going to measure levels of importance. Now, the very first step is to decide what your filter looks like, or in other words, what's important to you. Well, the starting point is that we need to take time to think carefully about your job, your vocation, your life, 
whatever you want to get in order in terms of four different levels. Now, David Allen, in Getting Things Done, calls these horizons, and he has six. But it's not a competition, Dave. Four's enough for me. Notice how I said that like I was putting myself on a par with David Allen. I wish. The truth is, if I'm honest, I really struggled with six, so I use four. And my four levels are... Level one, what's the point? Level two, what are the areas? Level three, what's the stuff? Level four, what do I do now? This last level we'll cover in the next two episodes. So for the rest of this episode, we're going to look at levels one to three. Now you can use these levels to look at anything. Your job, you as a parent, your hobbies, life, anything. So let's have a look at each one. Level one, what's the point? So if you're looking at your job, what's the point of your job? What's its purpose? The purpose of a job could be to grow a business or it could be to make people's lives better. If you run a retail business selling wallpaper, then the purpose could be to help people make their homes look nicer. Even if you really don't like your job, and you think that it doesn't give you any sense of purpose, there is one that we can all relate to, and that's the purpose of paying the bills. So, take some time to think about whatever you're considering, and try and come up with two or three reasons. So if you're looking at a job, two or three reasons why that role exists. If you're looking at a vocation, what is the point of that vocation? What difference does it make? If you're considering this in terms of maintaining a property, Why are you maintaining that property? Is it to increase the value of it or to show it off? Because that's okay. We all like to put on a show sometimes. I show off in front of a microphone. So if you're doing this interactively, pause now, spend some time considering your what is the point and then come back for the rest. So next it's level two. What are the areas? If you're looking at your job at level two, what are the areas of your job? What are the big sections, the key chunks? What are the different broad areas that you might focus on on any given day? It could be customer-client relationships. It could be recruitment. If you're employed, your job description is a good place to go and look at these areas of focus. So let's say you're looking at house maintenance at level two. Then the areas could be the rooms of the house, the decor, the garden. So take some time to list your areas, your areas of focus. And there might be a lot of them. There's probably between 10, 20 or more, depending on how complex the thing is that you're reviewing. And we'll put some examples in the show notes to help you. So again, if you're doing it interactively, it's time to pause. Okay, so far we've looked at level one, purpose, what's the point? Level two, we've looked at the areas of focus. Next, we're going to look at level three. The activities, the detail, 
the stuff that fills our day, the things that happen. So, grab some paper. You may need a few sheets, but don't overdo it. After all, think of the trees. Use both sides, please, and list all of your activities. Everything from projects to presentations to reading reports. If you're a photographer, this is things like actually taking the photos, cleaning your equipment, invoicing the client. If you're maintaining a home, this is vacuuming the floor, changing the bedclothes, painting the fence. You get the idea. If you're reviewing your personal life, this is things like hobbies you have, fixing the car, gardening, meeting with friends and so on. All you want to do at this point is get all the activities on paper. There's no order, no groups. You can spell it badly. For now, it really doesn't matter. Just get it all out. And then, when you think you've got it all out, go and have a cup of tea, then come back and reread the list and then write 10 more things. And keep doing that until your brain is empty. Okay? Go. So far then, we should have three different lists. Our level one list, listing the points, the purpose, probably two or three things maximum on there. The level two list, which is my areas or areas of focus, and there might be 10, 20, even more. And then the third list, which is probably the biggest list, are the activities. We've only got one more thing to do before this section is over. But before we do that, here's Lisa and I having a chat about this bit of the process and how she found it. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. It has. I was feeling refreshed until about an hour ago, like we'd had a holiday, and now I just feel like I want to sleep for a month. Okay, so I thought that you've worked through this process that we looked at in this week's episode yourself. And I thought it would be useful to the audience just to talk a bit about what you found easy, what you found more difficult. Okay. You speak a lot in the podcast about how there isn't such a thing as home work-life balance. But this whole um, exercise is very much, or it felt to me like I should be doing it for work. Okay. But my day is is a combination of balancing being a mum, someone at work, ra-di-ra-di-ra. And so a lot of this, it's not intertwined enough to make sense. Yeah. Doing it just for one You're absolutely right. We've mainly looked at how you would apply it to your job because for many people, they like to just get the day job in order because actually if they can get that nailed down and get rid of some of those stresses... But you're absolutely right. You know, you don't need to just do this for work. And I would actively encourage that if people feel comfortable that they can apply the process to their whole life, you absolutely don't have to only look at the purpose of your job. You can look at what's the purpose of me as a parent? What's the purpose of me as a partner? You can combine all of those things and write all of those purposes down. Okay, well, I might go back and redo yeah. that then. And, and I'd recommend people, once they're familiar with it, to absolutely go back and look at their home life, look at their personal life, look at their hobbies, and if, if it's comfortable, do it all in one go. Yeah, okay. So when we got to the bit about the levels, do the levels have to be called the things that you have called them? No, 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 no. So what you're trying to do is at level one, you're looking at the bigger picture. 
So, you know, what's the reason? What's the, you can call it your reason, you can call it your purpose, you can call it your point. Uh, level two is, what are the, what are the broad areas that, that I get involved in in that, in that particular yeah. um, vocation or job or, or whatever? Um, and level three is the detail. So you can call it stuff, yeah. you can call it detail, you can call it activities, whatever, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Okay. Yeah, don't use my words. No, I, I didn't. I thoroughly recommend it. people don't use my words. <laughs> but I did really enjoy doing that exercise that um, I had to stop the podcast and do the exercise around the levels, putting the okay. kind of actions and my personal bits against those yeah. um, descriptions. I really enjoyed that. The only thing I had to keep doing, Steve, was reminding myself why I was doing it because I got so focused on that as an action and something I was doing. I yeah. had to keep reminding myself why I was doing it. Yeah, and, that, and that's a really good point. One of the reasons why I wanted to cover this particular bit in this episode before we get into the detail of managing managing your activities because obviously you can't manage your time um there's lots of tools out there that help you manage time there's the urgent important matrix i think that's a fantastic tool the problem is it's really easy to see whether something's urgent what's a lot harder to do is to see whether it's important Mm. and there are some things it's really easy to say what's important but my my view is that most of what we deal with on a day-to-day basis unless we actually stop and decide for ourselves how am I going to measure whether that's important to me? If we don't ever do that, what happens is it's unclear. It just, it just feels like it's all mm. important. And when people add their own urgency to it, you know, I have to do this by Monday by nine o'clock, therefore, and they use the word important. It, they're using the wrong word. It's urgent, but it mm. doesn't mean it's important. And I think that part of the difficulty with, with a lot of the, um, the apps and the tools and the things that help you manage your, your time and your activities is no one's actually helped you step back and say, yeah, but how do I decide for myself if something's important? And that's what we're aiming to do here. Mm. I think you hit on a really interesting point and it was something I was going to talk to you about because I wrote in my little book when I was listening to Steve in the field that if Jane, who had asked him for something and had railroaded his time, was my boss and clearly what she was asking was important to her, how do I go about binning her off? Because she's not part of my focus or um, she's not part of my action. She's just stolen my time. She's railroading my time and it isn't included in the choices that I'm making to manage my activity. So how do I balance what's important for someone else or urgent for someone else that isn't even important for me? I don't think anyone is suggesting that you can be given a black and white tool to help you decide whether to bin Jane off or not. She's not a real person. I have invented her. People are always going to hijack your time. That's always going to happen. And depending on the level of seniority in a business or importance in your family or how significant a customer they are, they're always going to hijack your time. If you didn't do this and people will just hijack your time anyway, that's what they'll do. If you did do this, and only 30% of your time was spent doing stuff that was really important to you and helped you get better at what you do and add value to your business or become a better mum or become a more valuable friend, then even only doing 30% of your time on that, that's got to be an improvement, I think. I think. Okay. 
So the other thing that I really enjoyed doing and was really powerful for me was doing um, the piece where I was putting the activities with a verb at the beginning okay. to kind of make it more of a yep. go do this. Yeah. So, Spoiler alert, we haven't talked about that yet in the episode, listeners. It's it, it, she's letting you in on a secret. But the other thing that I think might be useful to talk about is when you just tipped on um, chunking things out into areas of focus and then the actions, but you spoke about force multipliers, so things yeah. that could actually take care of um, other things at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the mechanics of the process, what, what tip would you give our listeners? Um, I think it would be really useful if you listen to the episode and then go back and actually do it interactively. Listen to it all, then get your bits of paper, your pen, and sit down quietly when you've got the time to actually pause, do the activity, and then it will all start to slot in and make sense. Okay, that's really helpful. And I think the this this is useful because you know this is this is potentially a really complicated process. Um, and as I said, I, it's something I've learned over 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 many years, and condensing it down into a thirty minute podcast episode is quite tricky I think for me the most important point you've made there is this is not just about your job I've used the job as a way of explaining what the process is trying to keep it really simple so people can understand what we're getting at but actually you can apply this process to to your whole life if you Mm. want to and I'd actively encourage people doing that well Lisa thank you very much once again for kitchen table talk we normally say something funny at the end I'm not sure I've got the energy. <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit tired as well. Okay, let's just laugh and, uh, and I'll fade out. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. As I said, we've only got one more thing to do. Grab your list for level one. And think really carefully. Review what you've written. Are you happy about the two or three things that you've put on level one that represent the true reason that this job, this vocation, this area exists? Are you happy with that? Good. Next, we're going to do something fundamental to making this all work. Grab your list for level two, the areas of focus. Now, your task is to work out which ones are most likely to support level one for the next 12 months. If you could only work on three to six areas of focus, which ones would definitely grow the business or remove the biggest obstacles? Which ones are a force multiplier? In other words, if you did that one really well, a number of the other ones would fall into place. Which ones would have the widest impact? So what you need to do is put a star by the side of three to six of the areas of focus that you've chosen. Then when you've done that, rewrite those areas as an action starting with a verb and turn it into a sentence that's meaningful starting with an action word like deliver, win, grow, source, complete. Bring them to life. So for example, if one area was staff development, rewrite it with a verb in front to make it an action. Something like, develop my staff to a remarkable standard. And write those sentences out in bold. These are your priorities for the next 12 months.
these things you've written down, these three to six areas of focus that you've turned into an action, they are the things which you'll use to measure whether any individual task or request or meeting is important. Now, it's important here to point out that a big chunk of this bit of the process is from 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman. I've talked about it before. It is a fantastic piece of work. I really do recommend you go and get it. And it's one that we'll refer to and recommend over the next couple of episodes too. Bregman recommends spending 95% of your time working on these areas. Now, I've got to say, I've never got close to that level. But if you spend, say, 30% of your working day only working on things that will make you better at what you do, that will improve your progress towards your purpose or the point of your job, then that's got to be better than spending all day reading emails, isn't it? Now, you're going to have to still go to meetings that aren't important. You're going to have to do things that don't support these areas of focus. But now you can make a choice and you're making an informed choice. You're taking the time to create your filter to decide what's important. Sometimes it means we're going to have to take tough decisions about things that are less important. But in life, we've got to make tough decisions anyway, haven't we, sometimes? And surely it's better to make a tough decision from an informed position than from a position of ignorance. Remember Steve in the field at 3.25 on a Friday? How much better off would he have been if he'd have decided that Friday night dinner was a priority for him because his relationship with his partner is surely much more important than his relationship with his colleague? Or even better, what if he could give Jane the numbers ahead of time because he's realised already that it's a priority for the business and not just to make Jane's life easier? Oh, wow. There's a lot of stuff there, isn't there? We are at the end of this episode, and I'll cover the takeaways in a second. But if you do want to do this stuff even better, and you'd prefer to reduce the number of 2am panic attacks that you have, it is important to get this first stage right. A lot of what happens in the next two stages rely on it. If you're unsure if you've done it properly, or if you've got any questions, please feel free to contact me, either on the contact page on the website, which is sharppodcast.com, or you can message me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sharp Podcast. And the word Sharp Podcast is always one word, two Ps. So now, here are the takeaways. Grab some paper and a pen. Think about what is the point of your job, your vocation, or the area that you're reviewing. Write down two or three answers to that question. What is the point? This is level one. What are the areas that you engage in? Your areas of focus. Write them down. You might have between 10 to 30. This is level two. Think about the stuff you do. If you're considering your job, what are the tasks that fill your day? If you're thinking about something else, what are the things that you do with your brain, your hands, your mouth, the actual activities? When you've written as many as you can, Go and have a cup of tea or coffee and come back and write 10 more. Keep doing that until you're happy you've captured almost every activity. This is level three and we'll be using this list next time. So now put it to one side. Grab the other two lists. Looking at your areas of focus, which are the ones which will have the biggest positive impact on your purpose over the next 12 months? Choose three to six of them and put a star by them. 
For each area you've chosen, rewrite it as a sentence, starting with an action word like complete, win, design, or so on. You now have your priority areas of focus for the next 12 months. They are the measure that you'll use to decide if what comes up is important. That's it. Have a look at that stuff over the next few days and weeks. You'll need it for the next episode. If you haven't yet done the interactive bit, it's not too late. That's the beauty of podcasts, isn't it? Because you can listen again, and so there's time to do it if you want to. And if you don't want to do it interactively, and you just want to listen, then obviously that's cool. And I hope we've inspired you to give these things some thought. Remember, we're aiming to get as close as we can to only ever doing one thing. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. It's a symbol meaning you don't need to shout because the microphone's but... just there. You're really it's annoying just, me. It's just in front of you. <laughs> You're talking to the member of the audience is here. That's uh, that's where their ear is. You're no, talking but into I, their ear. I raised my voice because I was trying to get you to shut up. Yes. Um, it does make sense, but it's not as applicable.